You look just like I did at your age. Please don't say that, Dad. I'm 16 years old. I'm not a child. Don't you take that tone of voice with me, young lady. Love you, Dad. I love you too, son. You're listening to Honey, We Made a Disney Podcast. Two friends since rededicating our lives every year at summer camp. Now dad's reliving the Disney movies we grew up on with our own kids. I'm J.B. Wagner. And I'm Eddie Ferguson. And on today's episode, we won't forget to file our paperwork as we review Monsters Incorporated. But before that, J.B., how are you and the family doing? Good. We are uh, trying to do uh, primarily right now trying to work with my son on getting off pull-ups. It's time. He's we haven't really made a hard push at it in a while now. Um, we kind of went through the, hey, if you're dry, you'll get something in the morning with the pull-ups. And he, there's just no consequences to that. So he doesn't, doesn't really care. So we are going fully into, okay, we're just fully on board. with We're going to wake up in the middle of the night and he's going to be all the things and we're going to have to clean things up. And so last night was the first night and uh, luckily he made it all the way till 6am till he realized. So uh, just a little clean up a little bit early this morning, but it wasn't like a 2am have to throw things in the washer or anything like that. So it's where we're at right now. We did the, um, we did that with Lewis and we were, we just, we wake him up periodically like right before we go to bed and then but we've got an you know a baby who wakes us up regularly so it's like well we're already up let's take him to the let's bathroom mm-hmm. and let's just kill two birds with one stone but it's weird i don't know if you've experienced this like waking up your child when they're dead asleep to oh, then funny. go use the restroom they are so out of it so out it of is it. It, it's whatever is worse than trying to, you know, uh, reason with a drunk person. Whatever <laughs> is worse than that is this. That's amazing. <laughs> I can, yeah. I can so al- good luck with that. Yeah, I can only wait till tomorrow morning when we have to, I'm sure, have to deal with it more. But yeah, that's what we've been doing is a little bit of that. And also we're in a new phase with uh, him as well. He, we're in the, why did you do that? I, I don't know. Like, and you, you see bewilderment on their face as they're like, why did you mm. take your bowl of business and gravy and just pour out your milk into it? Just, just pick up the glass and just see, oh, that's a glass and just dump it all out. Like you knew what was going to happen. And then he doesn't want to eat it. I'm just like, it's things like that. Today has been all, all day that with just one thing after another of like, I can't believe you. You made a, that was a choice. That wasn't like an accident. You consciously chose to do that and you knew what was going to happen, but it's been a lot of that. You know what that reminds me of? Do you know what that reminds me of? No. It's like purposefully sitting down to watch a Disney live action remake, knowing (laughs) that you don't like watching Disney live action remakes and that it's going to be disastrous, but you sit down to watch one anyway. And then you halfway through, you're going, why? Why am I doing this? Why am I going through this? And you go, I don't know. I don't know. Why? Why? Why am I doing this? It sounds like we've had enough talking about me and more, Eddie. Do you need some counseling on some of the new Disney Plus content that just, just dropped that you 
knowingly said yes to and wish you had said no? I gave Pinocchio a shot. Okay, I gave it a shot. I thought, you know what? It's Robert Zemeckis. It's Tom Hanks. It's Joseph Gordon-Lovett. Come on, you know, this This has got to be. You know, and then, then as it's getting going, I'm realizing I didn't even like the animated film, right? Oh, so, shots fired. What am I... I mean, it's. I like its iconic moments, you know, when you wish Jiminy upon Cricket. a star, yep. Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, there's some good iconic moments in that. And I would say that this hits those notes pretty well. I would say, okay, there's some good moments in there. Tom Hanks gives a yeah, Tom solid Hanks. Tom Hanks performance. Nothing, nothing extraordinary. You know, nothing that you were gonna. Joseph Gordon oh, Levitt. Wow. Okay, he does a great job. Su- such a great job. You wouldn't even know it's Joseph Gordon Levitt's voice hmm. unless you know you saw the billing of it. Okay. So, so what happened? Yeah, I. It's just. Uh, it looks too fake. It looks too. I don't know. I wish. It, it looked too glossy. Make make it a little more gritty. It, it's obviously CGI. This is what's so uh, so odd to me is so many things nowadays n- look like they're CGI. It's like we regressed. We had amazing CGI that didn't look like CGI and was like, whoa, this is incredible. And now we're kind of to this point where it's like, man, you are throwing all of this together so fast. Nobody is buying this. You know, this just looks awesome awful this just looks horrible do you think it's being do you think it's because what do you think is the issue here eddie what was and maybe there was something a piece of pinocchio that you can like expand upon some of the other ones um i mean the anim i mean the the cgi work of pinocchio himself had its moments where you're like okay you know this looks all right but it never looked like a real wood puppet brought to life you know what i mean like you're telling me you can make grogu like a real prop and be amazing but you can't do pinocchio yeah and that i mean don't don't do pinocchio cgi do it do it a real practical effect like they did grogu come on that's a that's amazing um so i mean there's that and there there's a little bit of kind of your i don't know if you saw dumbo there's some Okay, we're trying to be a little Tim Burton-esque here where it's the ultra heightened fantastic. Oh, it's a hundred percent. It's a hundred percent him all over that film. Uh Dumbo, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and it eh, there's some moments where it works, but I forgot about I Dumbo. Know. I think I kind of liked it, even though it was a I'm lot there different. With you. It's a lot different. But I think I liked it. Would that that might be one of my favorite favorite live actions but i also forgot about it like i forgot that i saw yeah it. i forgot that it exists it's, vi- it's very forgettable um but not in a there's those that are so bad that you you wish they were forgettable uh <laughs> i think pinocchio might might slide towards that end of the spectrum Ooh. so to to write to write things we um my in-laws were in town and they had never seen the live action remake of Cinderella, which uh, Ellie wanted to see as well. So we all sat down and watched that. And it's like, okay, there we go, Disney. We know you can do this. We know you can make a good live action worth sitting down for. 
but Pinocchio was not one. Yeah, and if you hop on YouTube, there are tons of people on there right now just ripping it to shreds, just like calling it one of the worst that has ever been. And, and it's like, well, what did we expect? The, I, it's almost like Disney knew that this wasn't going to be good. That's why they made it a Disney you know, Plus only. If they if they thought it was going to be good, they they would push it to theaters and make the billion dollars that, you know, the Lion King did or whatever. I uh, that's how I feel about all the remakes. We have not watched it yet. Um, we need to still actually, you know what I'm going to say? I don't know that we do need to actually, actually go see it. What we did need to see was uh, Cars on the Road. That was our go to. One of the first things I think that's one of the few things that we for sure made sure to watch and they are exactly Us what we were hoping well. for exactly what we we're hoping for fun little moments they're really good they're, they're funny. solid uh the one of the ones that i enjoyed the haunted house of course lights out yeah. that one was going to be uh one of them for sure uh the salt i mean they all just were kind of fun little they're expanded versions of those mater tales that um we've watched over and over and over again so it's nice to have something new um the b movie one hit hard with my love with my love of film production and everything like that it felt like all of the stereotypes that they they threw in there um mm-hmm. stuff i've heard uh we haven't finished all of them we still got two more to go that we haven't watched yet um have you seen trucks i wasn't paying as much attention i think i was doing something when that happened and it's like a musical right like the catchiest song ever it's like if Cars was trying to do a little bit of a musical. I loved the Cartaceous Gardens. Yes, me too. It was me random. Too. It felt like exactly what of being a road trip with you would be like, where it's like, oh, look at this random <laughs> dino park. Let's go. Let's go learn some stuff. Wasn't this going to be fun? And me going, oh, I don't want to go. Uh, here's what's interesting about these is, yes, you're right. They are so reminiscent of the Mater Tales. But it also, it is one cohesive story. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like we are getting a fourth Cars movie, but in episodic form. Just some vignettes. It's like they were working on a fourth Cars movie, realized "Mm, we may overdo it with that. Okay, let's 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 just take these little stories out of the, the, the road trip movie and let's make these vignettes and it and it works. This really was one of the times where I'm like, yes, this is a much better series than it is an actual movie. Very few times yeah. that that happens, but you know what? This this was definitely one of them. And I would be happy, you know, so for those of you who haven't watched yet, the premise is that Mater has a sister and they're on a road trip out east to her wedding and the series ends at her wedding. I would be fine with a second series of the return. I think this holds up enough that if they, if they've got enough other random stories in there like this, I'd take it. What other, I'd watch it. What other thing uh, could they do? What, what were some of the um, traveling things that they didn't hit on this? I would love a cars theme park. Yeah. Like go to cars, quote unquote, Disney world. Ooh. Um, Cars Land. Oh, Whoa. Disneyland. In Disneyland. Um, yeah. Wouldn't that be very meta? Um, that would be that would be interesting. Um, 
There's there's a lot more roadside attraction type things that they could touch on there um, that I think would be that would be worth it. You know, go to a go to a big city, things like that. Yeah, they they definitely stay very rural, very outside the no outside skirts of stuff, small towns, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. They don't spend a lot national of national park. In- we've not we've not done oh, like a yeah. cars national park. Well, the legend kind of is. A little bit, sure. We, sure. We little bit, and if little you include, if you're in the the Cars universe, that does include planes, which the Ooh. second planes movie does take place in their version of of Yosemite. Have you watched those with the I've kids? Watched, I've watched them. The first time I watched, especially the first one, was at your parents' house in Indiana. Oh yeah, you were staying yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. So for sure, they're decent. I'm like I was told okay, that they were I the worst thing. Very low expectations. Yeah, very low. And there was like, oh wow, that was actually better than I yeah. was actually planning them to be. We have some Star Wars news to get to. Yes. That you texted me on. This is a this is uh bittersweet. Basically, ever since Solo, something happened with Solo where Disney got so scared that they weren't gonna make billions of dollars on any Star Wars thing they do. And it immediately made them pull the purse back. And they've been clutching that purse purse ever since. And this is just another moment where they're just tightening it even more. So do you think this is do you think this is a purse decision or is this more of a creative decision? I think they're one and the same. I think that it's all wound up because they don't really know what to do next and they are very af- they don't know they're very do afraid of no. doing anything that wasn't based off of that original trilogy that became the prequels that became the sequels they don't really know what to do with it and what fans are going to like which is to their detriment <laughs> they've been able to spin off the mandalorian that if but that alone feels kind of like an out an outlier but so the the news that we're kind of hinting around right now is uh, so we we have a series of actual movies that were supposed to come out, and more and more of them have been going uh, MIA. And the n- latest one that just that was supposed to be coming out in 2023 was Star Ro- Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Uh, the director of that is Pat was uh, to be Patty Jenkins, who's done uh, the Wonder Woman uh, movies. Um, so she was supposed to be heading this this one, and uh, now that is now. MIA. We don't know if, when, if it's ever going to come out, but it's been pushed back. The they had three dates on the calendar for new star untitled Star Wars films. That one was supposed to be that first one. Uh, now the 2025 is the soonest that any certain Star what Wars is, date is supposed to come out. And what is that one supposed to know. be? There was it was just untitled Star Wars release date. And there, there are still rumors that Taika is going to do a Star Wars, right? So most likely, 2025 Ooh. should be a Taika film. That's that was supposed to that, be it, and we can. There's no way that makes it. There's no way that makes it. They've been pivoting so hard to TV. Both uh, Boba Fett and Obi Wan were both supposed to be movies, be movies. standalone movies. They got yeah. they got axed. The moment Solo happened, and they put everything on pause while they still finished up the the um, sequel trilogy, the sequel trilogy. But now 
that maybe Tyco's happened. Ryan, it's still rumored that Ryan Johnson is working on something, but now he's heavily invested no. into his Netflix deal. The um, um, the um, knives knives out, out universe series, a knives out film, whatever it's called. Um, which yeah, I'm the next about. one's like the glass glass, glass onion. onion. It looks awesome with yeah. all the all the people that are in it. Uh, but now that's in, we don't know what's going to happen there. There's talks about um, uh, Marvel Master being the guy who's ta- uh, Kevin Feige doing a Star Wars stuff. Um, so they've they've basically pivoted all of their eggs into TV now with Ahsoka and the Acolyte and Skeleton Crew. They've they don't have we don't have any confidence that they're going to make another. Um, Star Wars movie, and that's really sad. Like, I want, I, I want to well, go to theaters to watch Star Wars stuff, Star Wars movies. I want to see them again, Eddie. Do you think? You know what we did? We got Pixar to come back to theaters. Maybe we can get Kathleen Kennedy to bring Star Wars back to theaters. But, but, but that's a different thing. I mean, Pixar was still making movies. They just cho- chose not to release them uh, in theaters. I think what happened here, there's a, I have I have lots of strong opinions here. Um, no shocker. I think um, I don't think they know at their core what Star Wars is, at least the people that they're bringing in to do it. Yeah. And again, I go love them to death. But as you watch some of the behind the scenes stuff with J.J. Abrams, he didn't know he did like look. If you just listen to behind the scenes of Dave Filoni and John Favreau on The Mandalorian and listen to them talk about what makes a Star Wars story, what is the universe that is created there, and then you pivot and you go and you watch just a little clip of JJ talking about it, they have no idea. JJ has no idea. Dave Filoni and John Favreau, there's a well constructed framework to work within there. There's a real world that they understand the mechanics of how these things work. JJ, it was just very much like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we saw this in Star Wars? And it was fanboy. It was, what if we just give the keys to, to of the kingdom to fanboys, which doesn't always work. And proof in the pudding is Rise of Skywalker. But here we got these guys who literally were mentored by George Lucas himself, especially in Dave Filoni. They get it. They understand these mechanics. So that's where I'm going, give these guys the movie. Let them run all of this because they obviously get it. And they're they're influencing and, and interacting with the other TV components enough that, you know, they're starting to starting to get it. Rogue One makes sense because you've got um uh what's his name? Is it Dave Kasnick? The guy who wrote Empire. Kazan. Um, Kazan. He, you know, he he has a heavy hand in the whole Rogue One stuff. Um, and he did in Rise, uh, uh, The Force Awakens. Sorry, The Force Awakens. So the, the stuff that kind of worked or did work, I would say Rogue One really worked. You've got these people in there that know the universe, that understand the mechanics of the stories. Uh, it's the stuff where you're throwing people in there that just don't get it. Well, if you watch behind the scenes of The Last Jedi, they literally just put Ryan Johnson out on an island and just said, whatever you want to do, it's fine. 
doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what like I don't he he, don't he wrote it that. that way. And he wrote it that way. He wrote it like there's part of me that wants to let him off the hook a little bit, but then part of me that wants to be like, no, you should have put it was your duty to push back a little bit on why am I making this uh my own film? Uh but he just got caught up in it. I don't know what the answer is. But um yeah, I You've ruined you've ruined Luke Skywalker. You are ruined <laughs> to us forever. We hate you forever for trying to ruin the most beloved character of all time. We hate you. No holding back here, Eddie. Don't, 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 don't mince words here. So yeah, so this is a big blow to, I, I'll I'll say this. I don't, it's just, it just makes me sad because I want to see movies in the theater. I'm there with you. My hill to die on here. I want to see this stuff that I never really got to see the original trilogy in theaters i only got to see the second and third film in theaters from star wars those are the only ones that i have and those weren't i mean it was great at the time because i was like sophomore in high school and it was my first films that i ever got to see in theater so it was amazing you've never but, you've never seen a re-release of a new ho empire empire, empire, empire strike strikes back but it's just different when you've seen it already a bunch of times sure, like having that sure. first experience so anyways i'll stop complaining about it but so that was that was a letdown, but what's not been a letdown yet has been all of the hype around Andor. Especially these new ah. trailers we've had come out. It should be it should be out the day you're listening to this podcast, this episode. Three, uh, three, <clears throat> three episodes. A three episode premiere. They, they I got put, choked up. I was so excited. Yeah. They pushed it back, Eddie. We were supposed to have <clears throat> already been in the middle of all of this, but they pushed it back. We've been patiently <clears throat> waiting. And now we've got trailers with freaking spaceships <clears throat> with what looks like lightsabers coming out the sides of it. And I'm so many questions, so many questions about this. The spaceship lightsaber, Eddie, what was your <clears throat> thoughts? Because I saw the tag, someone put light spaceship lightsaber and I looked at it and now that's all I can think in my head. Now I'm like, I need this. I need to know more about this. <clears throat> you 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 texted me this and I was like what lightsaber spaceship and I'm imagining like a mm-hmm. single hilted lightsaber and I'm like how does that work as that and then I see like the the double spiral one and I was like oh okay all right all right um no I the more I see of things like promotional material the more I get excited but like I'm like, uh, you hold back. Are you holding back a little bit. You mostly. Preparing? Well, I was super excited for Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I would say like outside of, I think there was two really strong episodes in that whole series. The rest was fluff. Um, and I mean, you know, okay, we're talking about movies and turning them into TV shows. That probably should have just been a movie. Should have been a movie. That had such a solid story for a movie. To stretch that out to a series, you had to add all that extra fluff in there with the Inquisitors that I didn't want. It's an Obi-Wan Kenobi story. I want Obi-Wan Kenobi, not Obi-Wan Kenobi plus the Inquisitors. Like, I don't I don't understand this. So that should have, in my opinion, just been a movie. So this one, it's like, okay, here we go. I'm really excited. 22 episodes. 22 episodes. So you've 
that does get me excited to know that it's 22 episodes. Hopefully you're telling me the story of how the whole rebellion, the whole rebellion. And, and I, if you're going to tell me that story, I want to see it all. I want (laughs) to see it all. Like give me every little bit of it that I, you know, and from the trailers, like you're seeing a lot of new characters added in there. A lot of like good actors as well. Like, okay, let's all right. I have high hopes for you. Don't let me down. So hopefully we'll come back next week with a little bit of a tease of maybe how we emotionally feel about Andor. And if we're. Oh, I hope so. I hope it's good. I want, I want, I want to love it. I want to love I want it good so things. much. I want I good just, things for it. I want good things for the, the Star Wars universe. And we need a movie. We, I'm right there with you. We need a strong Star Wars movie. Just wipe the sequel trilogy off. Like, let's just. Delete it from Disney Plus. Act like it. Let's just all pretend it didn't happen, and let's retcon start it. over. And let's, let, let's retcon it. Retcon it, and let let Dave Filoni take the helm. Just let him do it. I'm getting on Change.org right now and starting a petition to to have it to have this happen. You start it. I'll sign it. Okay. And our five listeners will sign it. Our five listeners. Hey, we're up to like twelve now. We're up to we're up to like twelve okay. people. We got 12, 12. 12 dedicated okay. fans. But anyways, uh, so that's that's it for the Disney news for this week. Uh, what we got here, what we are really here for, is uh, the next uh, movie in our walk from 1988 through 2005 of all the movies we grew up with. And so this week's episode is another Pixar great, uh, Monsters Inc. Cue the Disney sound effect. Okay, the IMDb description for Monsters Incorporated is this. In order to power the city, monsters have to scare children so that they scream. However, the children are toxic to the monsters. And after a child gets through, two monsters realize things may not be what they think. I never like the two sentences. It's always, it should be one sentence, right? I agree. I okay. agree. Yes, you're totally right. That they we need to we need to list our rules of like these log lines and that's a no no doing doing Dear the period motion picture association of America <laughs> we highly recommend that you only write descriptions in one sentence format at least they didn't use actors' names that's another I, I pet peeve rule pet number peeve. two don't use actors' names no rule actors number name. three. Don't give away the plot of the movie. The Don't spoil plot, it. Yeah. Don't give it all away. Uh, number four, do use actors in monkey suits. <laughs> that's that's just a personal desire of all of us. It's just more monkey suits is just what we need. So more important here, just some ground rules. Um, is it Monsters, Inc. or is it Monsters Incorporated? What is the name of this movie? It's... What do you where where what team are you on, Eddie? I find myself using both. Wow, because I don't know. I mostly say Monsters Inc. Almost all of the almost all the time. I f- I feel like that's maybe what I do as well. Yeah, Monsters Inc. Okay. I I I don't. I did have to look up and see that it's because I couldn't find it when I searched on on IMDb because there has to be a a, a comma in the name. There's a monsters, yes, comma. monsters, Inc. 
So I don't know. I don't really know what to do with that. And I, I don't know where to go with this conversation because I don't think either of us feel strongly either way other than I mostly just use Monster Zinc. We need to call Pete Doctor and Andrew Stanton. Like that's what this comes down to. That's all we got left. Uh, this was Wolverine fun. Up. So a year ago, uh, Pixar did or Disney did their Disney Plus day at the theater, and you could go. Oh yeah, you could go see a surprise film that you didn't know what it was going to be. Um, they did it this year too. Did they? Do, but did they do it? I don't remember them doing. Yeah. Wait a minute. Or was it this yeah, year? Wait a minute. Like recently? Yeah, like last weekend. What? How did I not know about this? Ah, Eddie. Are you serious? I'm sorry. Whatever. So anyway. I, almost, I almost texted you because I saw it come through and I thought, well, I was already sending you lots of things through the course of that weekend. I would have, I would have stopped thought, everything if you just sent me that. No. You should have sent it to me. So a year ago, you went there to was, Disney there was Plus Day happened, in the theaters. Disney Plus Day with my son and it was his first movie ever in theaters and we went for the Pixar Day and you didn't know what you're going to go see and they played Monsters, Inc. And it was great. That's a great, that's that was, great. That was a great middle ground movie that yeah. most everybody's going to love. Girls, boys, every parents, like, didn't have to worry about getting in there. And it's like, oh, it's just all, um, like, I, actually, I can't think of an example that would have been, like, too, too one-sided uh, either way. But anyways, that was a great one to go see. So it kind of, it reminded me, like, rewatching it yesterday. Just, just how much I love this film. What's so interesting about this movie? So this is our fourth Pixar movie ever, right? So you've got Toy Story came out, then A Bug's Life, then you had Toy Story Two, then this movie comes out. I think what's so interesting is the other films are things that we know, and it's a world in which we're somewhat familiar with. You're just turning it on its head just a little bit. Like, okay, let's zoom in on the bugs. Oh, there's a world that's happening in there with the bugs. Oh, what happens when uh, people leave the rooms? Oh, there's a little world going on with with um, with the toys. This, it, it, I, I don't know. I might argue that this is the first time Pixar ventures into world building. Like, you've just got a yeah. whole nother. You've got the monsters world or, or universe sitting out there. And it is so creative. It is so out of the box, like that out of the box, but at the same time makes sense. Like the second you you watch, you're hearing the premise unfold. It's believable. You buy it. But you're also like, wow, that's really clever. The premise really does make this film from the very... And even just the setup of the entire film where you got the mo- the whole, you could just sell it as there's monsters in the closet. What is it like to be that monster? What if this was their day job? Like that alone just grabs you and go, this is so unique and interesting, especially at the time we had never seen anything like this. And then you realize in just that opening scene, oh, this is monsters in training and they're at like their job site. <laughs> site uh and you got the you got the electronic kid um and then from there on you're just like that kind of makes it you're just bought into the rest of the thing yeah uh it was interesting going back there's not like tons and tons of witty crazy dialogue or anything like that in this film it's really just once you've got the setup you're in and you've got obviously some great 
um, character character and voice actors and Billy Crystal and John Goodman as Sully and Mike. A uh, great bad guy. You know how much I love great, great bad guys with Randall, with Steve Buscemi. Um, but he, the, the setup alone and like the story itself just carried this thing from the beginning. You were in the from the moment and then everything else is just like, how do you make a monster world feel like it's an average everyday life in all the different little funny things that they, they go through? Which is shocking because you would think that, okay, you've got Billy Crystal and John Goodman, like let's, let's layer on the wit. And there's a few moments where you get that, you get some, some funny banter, but for the most part, you're right. Like this is a, this is such a strong premise. It's a really strong story. Um, And you've got, really compelling characters like you care for all of these characters um that you didn't need to you you, i mean the moments you get the fun um kind of witty humor it carries it it works but the it's such a strong world and it is it it, you you're dragged along through the story you're pulled through the story because you want to know oh well how does this get resolved there is no like it's not that you can't breathe in this film like there's definitely plenty of breathing room inside of this but nothing is ever dull there is no like no boring no, moment we're not yeah, in the no parking lot waiting for the next thing to happen it goes from one setup to another to another to another one twist and one turn um throughout this entire film it doesn't let up and what's what I that's one of the also great parts of this is the the plot of this film also keeps you moving as you go along without losing track of the characters and what you really hear about. And really that the the synergy between Sully and Mike is so crucial to this and Boo. Is there a cuter character in all of Pixar than Boo? Is there, Eddie? Can you think of anybody else that like I, the only one other one I could think of was Dot? from a bug's life i'm trying to think of another character that you're just like your heart just melts from the first moment they're on screen baby dory baby dory oh, just man. totally okay. melts your heart okay hold up hold up yes i think you just you topped it her little the little bug eyes <laughs> on that thing i'm like buy the plush right now take my money <laughs> That's how I felt when I saw Grogo. It's like I need to buy, I need to have this. Where is the toys? Why do you not have toys ready for me? That and an emoji Mickey. Um, for those, I have a great picture of JB discovering an emoji Mickey. At it's over Disneyland. on the bed, right over here. So, yeah, I'm not gonna go get it. Um, but totally agree with you though. Boo does uh, is without any dialogue right like she doesn't really say anything gobbledygook um yeah you you care for her you're rooting for her you uh the moment they strap her in the machine to like extract screams or whatever like you you are like what this in a pixar film like and of course they you you know there's nothing horrific about her whatsoever but just like the setup between the the apparatus and such a cute lovable character you're like how dare they like it just <laughs> those stakes just like 
inched up even more when you already were feeling them really high. Some of the gags I do like in this is when they're in the locker room and they're they're trying. He's trying to find a a, a good scent for himself <laughs> with the sprays like old garbage, wet dog. Love that. Love that the um anytime that one the one guy who keeps on having uh um twenty twenty three nineteen called on him. It's just over and over again until finally he just like shoves the guy and like throws him in there. Um uh. Just all of the- I love, I, I love their walk to work early on in the film. <laughs> the Olympics, the Olympics when, running, and well, and even just the um, even before then when they're the slow like motion. Th- or- no, when they're walking through the city. Okay. Yes, getting to that, but the, when they're walking through the city, I think is such a brilliant sequence because there's so many little like monster gags that make the world like you feel this is a real mm-hmm. working world and environment with its own you know the scream shortage and laws of nature yeah all of those things um like an energy crisis okay yeah like this is all so believable and which is so crazy of a of a little sequence that just th- the simple action of them getting to work builds out this world so fully so completely and also being all the while like really really funny gotta talk about Roz. she's one of the scene stealers in this which is actually voiced by a guy by bob peterson which is funny um but she her mike was if I, you didn't file your if paperwork. i remember this wasn't it like uh where i'm pretty sure he he wasn't supposed to be the voice that that was one of those characters that like, oh, it should sound like this, should sound like this. And they just, and nobody that's could so good, it. we'll just leave it in. Yeah. It's like Brad Bird in Edna Mode. Um, he kept on going like, well, we need a voice actor who sounds like this. And they would always, well, then you just do it. And he ends up voicing Edna Mode. Big fan of Roz. She's one of my favorites. A little, little um, nugget in here is when they go to the restaurant, Harryhausen's which sounds like a very upscale place. I love the name of it. Uh, but that was actually a stop motion artist from way back in the day who was like a legend. It's like the one of the initial people who really popularized and did so many different films all utilizing stop motion, um, which I learned of more by watching uh, the series on Light and Magic. They they spent a little bit of time talking about it. So then I was like, oh, Harryhausen, that's the restaurant from Monsters, Inc., any other favorite moments? I mean, we got to talk about the Yeti the, with the yellow snow. Was it actually gross yellow snow or was it something else? No, they're lemon. They're lemon, of course. Le- lemon flavor. Um, <laughs> got to go, go outside and get them. I've always wondered, like, was it what we know of as yellow snow or was where, it like, like something And else? where's he getting lemons in Nepal? Yeah, um, I don't think. I don't, I don't No, th- I... I think it's great to have the abominable snowman. It's a great, not just monster that is well known in the world, but it also hits Disney fans really well with the Matterhorn in Disneyland. And then also expedition Everest over at uh, animal kingdom and Disney world. Like, you know, Disney's got its history with the abominable snowman, the Yeti. So it, it like really worked. Uh, and you got to get your, your uh your uh your cameo in there from john of course of course 
I do have a question about back on Boo. How old is Boo? Because she can barely communicate with like words, yet she also has drawing skills. And it was confusing me. And and like So she has drawing skills. She's potty trained. Yes. But, but she, she has like l- no words. Yeah, like limited. She can basically say Mike Wazowski and Kitty. I was trying to figure this out because I have uh, almost two and a half year old and she can carry on full sentences and has decent drawing skills, but is not potty trained. So Pixar's wiki says that Boo is two years old. It's a two year old human child. It, but it is confusing. I don't I don't I haven't I don't know of any two year olds that could draw that well. That's what was really throwing no. me off. The, the drawings were really what was like throwing me off a little bit. Maybe people, fans can send in their 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 um, children's drawings or whatever. But that's like everything else kind of works. But even the potty training, I don't like. I don't know that many two year olds that are already that well along. There was that. That's what was. I was like, do any of these dudes that made this film like? Do they any of them have have kids? toddlers? <laughs> that was that was the uh, that was the um, it wasn't like a wasn't like a plot hole. It kind of was. No, we kind of overlooked it, but it didn't hurt it. But it was still like, what is happening here? Boo strikes me more as a three year old that is slow to communicate and still great like, drawer. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I mean. Lewis is four, and he doesn't have that level of drawing skills. No. I'm sure there are kids out there that do, but no one that I know of. Got a shout out. I do love all of that parenting. That is such a parenting thing where it's like, what miles, you know, and you're always talking about milestones, and it's like, really? How how am I supposed to know these things? How am I supposed (laughs) to gauge all these things? Uh, They didn't give me this manual at the hospital. No, they didn't. They don't give you very many manuals other than show me you can put in a car seat. That was always the big show one. me you can put on a car seat. And how many times can we tell you don't shake the baby? Don't shake the baby. If the baby's crying, don't shake the baby. The baby's crying a lot. Don't shake the baby. Like that's what our hospital told us a ton. I'm like, okay, I get it. And then you're like, oh, yeah, okay. Got to do a shout out for the, I know this is just all over the place, but uh, the citizens on, we the, are. on the news. He picked me up with his mind powers and shook me like a dog. <laughs> like a dog. <laughs> I love that you pulled that random moment out because that is arguably one of my favorite little just moments in this entire film. It's very entire reminiscent movie. of uh, Parks and Rec, the, uh, the townspeople. They come, they come to the microphone to complain about things, which you, you've had experience in small towns with. So with, accurate. So <laughs> you accurate. were the one that you're like, this in is, on those meetings. You're like, this is living, literally, literally living Parks and Rec right now. That's what it feels like. Well, and, and again, we come back to, I think that's what makes this movie work so well is that you believe every nook and cranny of the world that it really, really, really makes sense. Um, uh, and then so then that way, when you get to the moments where it is, um, OK, a very particular aspect of the world building or of the storyline, you believe it hook, line and sinker. 
like the whole door portal system is ingenious. And I, you don't second guess that for a second because the world around it is so well built out and so well understood that when you get to all of the, I mean, the sequences at the end, the sequence at the end with all the different doors and they're oh, whizzing yeah. by and everything and they're climbing in and out of all the different doors and everything like that is even as rewatching it. And it's now, you know, what, 20 over 20 years old. It holds up 100 um, percent and is just as riveting of a, of a sequence. Uh, I love the creativity, like whoever had that spark of an idea of the doors and the portals and everything. It's just like, oh, that's so brilliant. It's like, where do the, the doors go once we're done with them? Oh, they must have to keep them all together somewhere like that could make for a great chase and a great um, trying to find the next person through the next door and the portals and stuff like that. Um, and it always felt grounded. It always felt true. And there was nothing that they did that I was like, wait, that's not possible. That wouldn't be that wouldn't end up in the right spot. Although there were times where I'm like going through random doors would put you like at one point they were close to him, but then they decided to go through some other doors. I was like, you're, I don't know that's going to be faster because you have no idea where that other door is going to end up. Where are you going to go? Yeah. But it made it a uh, funner a chase. Nice, a nice little tidbit. There are well-documented um, things uh, that Disney Imagineering have tried several times to create a Monsters, Inc. door roller coaster. Whoa, Eddie. Why hasn't this happened? Because all we have right now is the Monsters, Inc. ride. Yeah, over... Well, you have Monsters, Inc. ride and Disney's California Adventure. And then at uh, the Magic Kingdom in Disney World, you have Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor, which is a really fun, like, theater experience. And so you go in, you sit in this theater, and there are monsters who are, like, in training for the Laugh Floor, right? Mm -hmm. Playing off the end of the movie. And there's it's live interaction. So there's actors behind the screen with microphones and cameras, and they're making jokes off of whatever audience members have come in and there's live in there. It's it's a really clever show. It's really good. But nonetheless, we did not get our Doors roller coaster, which would have been really cool because that entire sequence that the flip at the end of getting um, the boss, what's his name? Water noose. Yep. Uh, to to confess on camera, like even knowing that that's how that happened, uh, it's been long enough that I haven't seen the story. It got me again where I'm like, oh, yeah, it's the training room. Oh, that's so clever. That's so cool. Still makes me cry when Sully makes Boo cry. It's still so sad. It just breaks my heart every time. I'm like, no, don't see, don't look no. at, don't look at him. It's gonna change you forever. Well, and then I have to say, the ending of this movie is such a brilliant ending to end with his. You know, okay, we see the laugh floor realize. You know, he's kept the little sliver of her door. Oh, Mike's reconstructed it. And then just to end with his face hearing her, we, you know, and they didn't overdo it. That could mm -hmm. have been something where they could have overdone that. 
shown us too much, but they didn't. They showed such creative restraint and just showed us his face there. It's like that moment for me encapsulates this whole film so well, where it's just a straightforward, simplistic um, story, but in a very complex environment, a very Mm -hmm. complex world. And that you see them just holding back when they need to or pushing forward when they need to. Um, It's just dialed in, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. It's just saying, like, this whole movie just feels, like, dialed in, you know, to to perfection. Um, And that moment just kind of, ooh, such a great snapshot of going. I think anybody else would have tried to do too much with that. you know, don't tell me what to feel. Just just show it to me. Just give it to me and let me feel it for myself. And that's what they did there. So, Eddie, what did you feel about this film? How are you going to rate it? Um, wow. This, uh, man. You know, we haven't even touched. I love the score. I love Randy Newman's score here. Just a little more very jazzy. Randy, very Randy Newman score here. Um, we haven't... That they were... That they were able to and um, create a franchise off of this. Um, I'm not as big of a fan of the Disney Plus show Monsters at Work. I watched the pilot and, and I was done. Eh, uh, I really like Monsters Universe. I know, right? And I, I hope this is. I I only watched it this year for the first time, or last year for the first time, and I'm like, where was I? This was good. Um, maybe. Outside of Toy Story, the best uh, Pixar sequel, because I love Toy Story, too. But uh, I think Monsters University is such a smart follow up. It's just so brilliant. Um, But this is not a review of that. I just I needed to say that. And I hope we get to Monsters University in our podcast. Um, it's not not in this round, but whatever we do next. Yeah. So I, I hold all that together and I would say I would I don't know what it is. There is something that just holds this back just a little bit for me where it's I don't think I'm going to go the full five and I, and I can't even articulate what it is. But there's just something that just holds it back just a little bit where I'm going to give it a four point five. This is a hard one. Yeah. I, we've, we've been giving it mostly glowing I, reviews other than the age of boo. I think maybe it's like, I bought the, I, they made, they made it so every day in like trying to make it so incredibly grounded that to some degree there, there is a limit on how much you're going to enjoy a story about a work place environment it was fun and creative and it's they trying to find this trying to get this girl back home i think i don't was it laughs that i was looking i was looking for maybe more la- like i felt like i laughed more in a bug's life of just the the care uh, with the characters this felt very much more just cut and dry um i think you've hit it and i think you even hit on it earlier of saying this it's not as witty as you would expect it to be. There's not a ton you, of there's not a ton got, of one-liners. You got Billy Crystal, John Goodman, Steve Buscemi. Like these are guys who can do that. Um, let them loose at the mic. Just let them loose. And 
And maybe that's one of the things that I really like about Monsters University is Monsters University, I feel like they did that, that they just, there's a lot more wittier one-line moments in that that movie. Um, I, I think that's, yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you on that one. I think it's that wittiness. If you would have just let that loose, if you would have just given me some, just a lot more humor in this, I think this would have pushed this over the edge and been a, been a five for me. But that's probably what holds it back just a little bit. I don't like agreeing with you wholeheartedly on the on the star rating because it's nice to have something to pick at each other later on (laughs) but four and a half feels like the right number for this it's really it's really really well done great story great heart in this film great lovable characters but you didn't we're we're lacking a little bit on um give me things that i'm going to talk about for a long time other than like my quote yeah I'm not. I'm not quoting that. Outside of Mike Wazowski, Mike Wazowski and yeah. don't forget to file your paperwork. Yeah, when you, you, know, you like, do her voice, basically. Yeah, yeah. You could say anything. Uh, so I think that's. I think some of the actual dialogue. I think it's dialogue that I was that I a little the setup, the premise, the characters, all of those were great, and I cared about all these people, but I wanted a little bit more on the dialogue. So I think. Four and a half. We're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna copy you, Eddie, and go with four and a half on this. It's it's weird because it is a fantastic movie. It's just a fantastic movie. Um, and uh, I'm shocked how well it holds my kids' attention. Agreed. My kids. My kids love this movie. Um, and I think that's any Pixar movie. I'm noticing that just in between, for example, uh, two weeks ago, we watched How to Train Your Dragon, probably my favorite DreamWorks uh, um, animated film. I'd have to stop and think about that. But um, I was shocked how much my kids just could barely hang on to that movie. And I thought, oh, it's dragons like Lewis will at least as a four year old, you know. But there are so many moments where they just, boom, they lose the kids. They just, there's some, the storytelling just doesn't hold you in that. But a Pixar film, my kids never lose lose their attention. Even, you know, we'll get to it here in a couple of, uh, uh, in several episodes. But like Wally, you would think Wally would be the Pixar film where my kids would lose it. Nope. Holds them They're in the all the way time. through. Something about it. Something, the, something about the. Something. With their storytelling, with the the way that they structure these things, they just hold them. Monsters, Inc., my kids love. We ended up having to watch this in two parts. Uh, bedtime came up and we're like, okay, we got to stop it. And every, it took us a couple of days to finish it. And every day my kids were like, when are we going to finish Monsters? When are we going to finish Mike Wazowski? When are we going to finish Mike Wazowski? <laughs> That's adorable. Like, okay, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. So, yep. And with four that, and a half, folks. Four and a half. And with that, your life has been forever changed by another episode of Honey, We Made a Disney Podcast. Hey, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your other favorite podcast. And while you're there, give us a five-star review or just share it with your best friend. You can also check us out at honeywemade.com where you can see our full movie list as we continue to go through all of Disney's movies 
from 1988 to 2005, including next week when we review Snow Dogs. So excited. Thank you for listening. And remember, we scare because we care. <laughs>